0: I was recently getting on a plane to go to Michigan, and uh, looked in our bookcase there and trying to pick out a book to read on my, on my way, and uh, there was a book that had been recommended to me uh, several years ago by a friend of mine, uh, and I would bought it and just never read it, so I threw it in my bag, and <clears throat> I maybe have talked to some of you about it since I have read it because it's really uh, challenged challenged me in my uh, thinking about where I spend my free time and my money and those things that uh, the Lord has blessed me with. <clears throat> There's a book about a guy by the name of George Muller, Mueller, I don't know how to pronounce his name, but he, a guy from Europe in the eight, early 1800s and uh, some preacher of uh, some denomination, I don't even remember what. And um, he essentially had moved to Bristol, and uh, this was in a time when a lot of famines and a lot of disease, killing a lot of people, it was Bristol was a very crowded city, and um, he got to uh, there was a lot of kids just roaming the street, little kids, kids coasting down to Bella's age, no parents, just roaming the streets of Bristol, real crowded city. Uh, didn't have proper sewage things of those times, you know. So, so disease was very rampant, and he essentially decided that he needed to do something about about that. Really, wasn't any. There's was no government assistance for any of these folks like we think of that, that are uh, available to the folks in our day and time. And he started feeding, uh, invited any kid that wanted to come to his house. Uh, to eat breakfast. and he got, That number got to be so big he couldn't hold them in his house any longer. Um, and so he decided to start an orphanage and to make a long story short, this fellow cared for thousands upon thousands. It was tens of thousands of orphans over the, his lifetime. Um, never raised money like we would think about raising money. Uh, he just depended on uh, people to just give. Give of their their own means, free of their own free will, and he didn't solicit any of it. Um, and at the end of the book, it kind of adds it all up of you know who all he cared for and how much money flowed through this guy's hands over his lifetime. And it was above a million pounds, you know, and I don't know what a pound necessarily is worth, but if you think, just think about it in dollars' terms, it was well over a million dollars in 1800s money. And when he died, he It was over 50% of what was his, was that he owned, or that it was his estate, was calculated in two pieces of furniture. I was just like, that's pretty impressive. You know, you think about um, just how he lived his life. He lived his life giving to other people. If you look in Titus, I want to talk today about good works and what are good works, why should we participate in them, uh, what are some things for us to think about around uh, good works, and what does the New Testament have to say about it. Uh, and just like I say, this, this has been very challenging to me to think about over the past uh, several weeks and, and really evaluating my own life uh, and how what I should be doing uh, in my day-to-day life and what I should be doing with the blessings God has given to me. Titus chapter 3 and in verse 8. This is a faithful saying and these things I want you to affirm constantly, that those who have believed in God should be careful to maintain good works. These things are good and profitable to men. I want us to start our, our thoughts out today thinking about the why. Why should we be worried about good works? Why should we participate in good works? Titus 2 and in verse 11, For the grace of God that brings salvation has appeared to all men, teaching us that the, that denying ungodliness and worldly lust, we should live soberly, righteously, and godly in the present age, looking for the blessed hope and glorious appearing of our great God and Savior Jesus Christ, who gave Himself for us, that He might redeem us from every lawless deed and purify for Himself His own special people, zealous for good works. And so this passage we're going to read in Ephesians 2, um, here in just a minute, but this passage in Ephesians 2, in my mind, are very parallel passages. He's telling us that God has redeemed us uh, from these lawless things, and what's He want us to be doing? He wants a people zealous for good works. He He wants us to be active in that, not passive in that. We need to be a zealous people, and why? Because we've been redeemed, because we've been saved from those lawless things that we once did. That great sacrifice that Jesus has given to us uh demands something of us. And right there He tells us He wants a people that are zealous for good works. In Ephesians chapter 2, starting in verse 1. <laughs> Ephesians chapter 2, starting in verse 1. "...And you He made alive who were dead in trespasses and sins, in which you once walked according to the course of this world, according to the prince of the power of the air, the Spirit who now works in the sons of disobedience." among whom also we all once conducted ourselves in the lust of our flesh, fulfilling the desires of the flesh and of the mind, and were by nature children of wrath, just as the others. But God, who is rich in mercy because of His great love with which He loved us, even when we were dead in trespasses, made us alive together with Christ. For by grace you have been saved, and raised us up together, and made us sit together in the heavenly places in Christ Jesus. Then in the ages to come He might show the exceeding riches of His grace and His kindness toward us, in Christ Jesus for by grace you have been saved through faith and that not of yourselves is the gift of God not of works lest anyone should boast for we are his workmanship created in Christ Jesus for good works which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them so this is not a matter of us talking this morning about uh, do works save us we know uh, very plainly from scripture that it is by grace and it is but through faith but what we also see in scripture is that he has created us for good works. He wants a people that are zealous for good works. So that means He saved us and He wants us to be busy about His work, about good works. And so now I'd like for us to take some time and and think about what are good works? What should I be participating in? What should I be active in and what should I be busy with? In Acts chapter 9 and in verse 36, we'll start there. And then we'll go back to Timothy and Titus. I noticed in this study that Paul told Timothy and Titus a lot about good works. And so we'll spend a decent amount of time this morning in those two books. We'll start in Acts chapter 9, verse 36. At Joppa there was a certain disciple named Tabitha, which is translated Dorcas. This woman was full of good works and charitable deeds, which she did. Skip down to verse 39. Then Peter arose and went with them. When he had come, they brought him to the upper room. And all the widows stood by him weeping, showing the tunics and garments which Dorcas had made while she was with them. I want you to notice there in verse 39, verse 36, it says that she was a woman full of good works and charitable deeds. In verse 9, I think we see kind of what that means, what that is defined there as. Uh, First of all, we see that it was widows. So she was taking care uh, of, of folks that, Uh, needed help they were people uh, of that time that would have needed some help from somewhere and then what was she doing she was making tunics and garments so she was caring for their daily needs she was caring for their uh, things that they would have needed uh, to sustain themselves first timothy first timothy chapter five we're going to be heavy on the reading this morning i i'm sorry about about that and uh, in light of the situation of no light. First uh, Timothy 5, starting in verse 9. Do not let a widow under sixty years old be taken into the number, and not unless she has been the wife of one man, well reported for good works. If she has brought up children, if she has lodged strangers, if she has washed the saints feet, she has relieved the afflicted, if she has diligently followed every good work. And so here again, I think we see... Um, some more about what good works are she brought up her children so she's caring for them she's lodged strangers so she's caring for for people she doesn't know about uh... and she's washed the saints feet uh... you know and she's relieved the afflicted here so this woman has been busy about not caring for herself but caring for others and i think that's what good works are uh... here in this passage Chapter 6 of the same book, First Timothy chapter 6, in verse 18. Let them do good that they be rich in good works, ready to give, willing to share. And so what I've noticed in, in these passages is it's dealing with things, uh, these good works uh, are defined as things that are um, really just taking somebody that, that just needs something. They just need some help. They need physical things is what they're needing and the person that is rich in good works is taking care of those things. They're willing to give of the things that God has blessed them with. They're willing uh, to give those to others. Titus 3 and then verse 14. And let our people also learn to maintain good works to meet urgent needs that they may not be unfruitful. And so here this idea is brought in about urgent needs. And I... Um, so things that that people need um, that are things that are truly needs, you know, food and clothing um, and shelter, things that things that they uh, will need to have. And so, I think you know, out of these verses, uh, it's things. What's kind of stood out to me is things that uh, people cannot supply on their own, and that they need some help with, just some daily some daily things. And, you know, as we read in Titus 3, we're supposed to be zealous about doing this. And if I think about uh, myself, and I'm like I say, I've been doing a lot of reflecting on this, I've, I've been more, oh, when the opportunity rises, I'll be ready. You know, and so I just, um, I have traditionally just made sure I had money set aside for when that time you know, showed itself right in front of me that I, you know, I can't walk away from, I'm ready. Uh, and what I think out of these passages we've read so far, that's not really what the Bible says about that, I don't think. I think the Bible's telling us to go seek those opportunities. Make make it where those opportunities are there. Don't wait for them to just show up uh, in your face. Go seek them out because there's need. There's need right here in Columbus for us to be busy doing things for uh, wherever you live, with Columbus, it doesn't matter. There's things that need to be done. There's people that just need help uh, and they're out there and it's about uh, I should be busy about seeking those opportunities and not just waiting for them to come to me. Um, and I think, you know, we'll talk about it later, but I think we should be busy helping one another in this area uh, find those things. Let's look at First Timothy uh, chapter two. 1 Timothy chapter two, starting in verse eight. "I desire, therefore, that the men pray everywhere, lifting up holy hands without wrath and doubting. In like manner also that the, w- that the women adorn themselves in modest apparel, with propriety and moderation not with braided hair or gold or pearls or costly clothing, but which is proper for women professing godliness with good works. Look at uh, chapter 6. We read chapter 6 and verse 18 a minute ago. Let's restart in verse verse 17. Command those who are rich in this present age not to be haughty, nor to trust in uncertain riches, but in the living God who gives us richly all things to enjoy, let them do good, that they may that that they be rich in good works, ready to give, willing to share, storing up for themselves a good foundation for the time to come, that they may lay hold on eternal life. It's so one thing that I I guess these these couple of verses were um, in my studies again challenging to me, uh, and it seems like in both of these verses it these ideas of haughty and modest. Uh, go completely contrary, or at least they're compared against. There we go. Um, Well, (laughs) that was short-lived, wasn't it? It means we're trying. Yeah. Um, That this idea of being modest and haughty uh, cannot mesh with the person uh, that is busy about good works. Those things don't go together and they seem to be uh, contrary to one another. Um, and I don't think it's just in our clothing. I think it can be in our attitude uh, as well. But it just seems in both of these passages that the person that is, it, that is going to be haughty or immodest in who they are, uh, specifically it's dealing with women here in uh, verse, or chapter 2. I do not think it's limited to women. Uh, in the grand scheme of the discussion we're talking about. Uh, but if that mindset of I'm um, going to be putting on pearls, braiding my hair, I'm haughty, that, that mindset does not mesh with the person that's seeking to take care of other people. Because what's this person over here that's, that's haughty and that's immodest and that has got pearls and braided hair? Who are they thinking about? Thinking about themselves. They're not thinking about the, the people that need help. They're thinking about themselves. And so, those we have to really do some uh, self checking on this and think about um, what, um, what am I thinking about when, um, when something happens in my life when I have some extra money. And so, um, think about it like this. If I was to give you thousand dollars right now, what are you going to do with it? What's your first thought? Is your first thought, well, I can uh, get this, or I can uh, go here, do that, or is it, man, I can help a lot of people with a thousand dollars. If you give me a thousand dollars, I know that I know so and so needs this, or you know, I I can I can be really quick to spend on someone else. Or are we really quick to spend on ourselves? And I know for me, it's myself. It's you give me a thousand dollars, boy. I can think of a gun right now. I won't. <laughs> I mean, it's it, it, I'm so quick in that area, and and depending on what time of the year it is, it might be a, a shirt or a, you know. It just it depends on what time of the year it is. You give me a thousand dollars. Depending on what I would spend it on, now, that's not what the scriptures teach. I'm telling you, that's not what the scriptures telling us. God is telling us to be zealous about good works. Be caring for others. Don't be haughty. Don't be spending all this, this money that you have that is a blessing uh, from Him on yourself. Be thinking about other people. Be thinking about the needs that are around you and be seeking those opportunities out. Um, here's another question. Why, and I would, I would at least think, and maybe, I, maybe I'm unique in this, but if I was to ask the question, uh, would you like a pay raise? Or for some of you younger folks, if I you know, would you like for me to give you some more money for chores or for a job? I
1: think all
0: of them, I mean I would say, yeah, I'd like I'd like that. I think I think at least everybody else in here would say, yeah, I'd love that. I'd love a pay raise. Um, why? Why is that? What do you think here again, what are you thinking about doing with that extra money that you have? Is it an increase in lifestyle? Is it a newer vehicle? Is it a bigger house? Is it that new gun? is that I mean what is it? Or is it here again like what we're talking about today is it those good works that God would have us be busy about taking care of other people? Um, and here again, this's been very challenging for me to think about uh, those things and really look back at myself and think about why am I doing what I'm doing? Um, and sadly to say, I, it, it hadn't been right. Uh, and I want to do better than that. Um, but specifically in these verses, I think we really need to um, take a look at ourselves, take a look at our lifestyles, and really think about what Paul is telling uh, Timothy here uh, in contrasting this in modesty or this um, being modest and then being haughty versus someone that's that's being busy about good works. Uh, And here again, I don't think it's just about the clothes we wear. Uh, So think about that uh, and try to do some self-reflecting on that. Turn to Matthew chapter 5. Matthew chapter 5. Matthew chapter 5 and in verse 14. You are the light of the world, a city that is set on a hill cannot be hidden. Nor do they light a lamp and put it under a basket, but on a lampstand, and it gives light to all who are in the house. Let your light so shine before men, so they may see your good works and glorify your Father in heaven. I want us to focus on that verse 16. Let your light so shine before men, that when they see your good works uh, and glorify your Father in heaven. Our good works are supposed to be seen. Our good works, if we're out there doing them, people are going to know. Chapter 7 and verse 15. This is specifically dealing uh, with false prophets, but I I certainly think that we can apply it uh, on a broader scale uh, than that. Verse 15. Beware of false prophets who come to you in sheep's clothing, but inwardly they are ravenous wolves. You will you will know them by their fruits. Do men gather grapes from thorn bushes, or figs, from thistles? Even so every good tree bears good fruit, but a bad tree bears bad fruit. A good tree cannot bear bad fruit, nor can a bad tree bear good fruit. Every tree that does not bear good fruit is cut down and thrown in the fire. Therefore by their fruits you will know them. So focus there on verse twenty. By our fruits, or by their fruits you will know them. And so by our fruits people will know know who we are. They'll know the inward things of us. They'll know the matters of the heart. 1 Timothy 5. 1 Timothy 5. And in verse 25. Likewise, let's start in verse uh, 24. Some men's sin, sins are clearly evident, preceding them to judgment, but those of some men follow later. Likewise, the good works of some are clearly evident, and those that are otherwise cannot be hidden. First Peter 2. First Peter 2 and in verse 11. Beloved, I beg you as sojourners and pilgrims abstain from fleshly lusts which war against the soul, having your conduct honorable among the Gentiles, that when they speak against you as evildoers, they may by your good works which they observe glorify God in the day of visitation. Um, in light of that, in, in knowing that our good works are clearly evident, I'd like for us to think about uh, some things. I want want you to ask yourself this question. Could those that you spend the most of your time with name some good works that you're involved in? And when I say good works, the, what we've talked about this morning, the good works as the Bible defines them, uh, are those folks um, going to know or do they know any works that you're involved in, the good works that you are involved in? If you're on trial, could you be proven a Christian based off your good works? If we're supposed to be a people that are zealous for good works um, and we know that good works or our works are clearly evident uh, and they won't be hidden, could you be proven a Christian? Is there enough evidence to stack up for you to prove that in a a court of law as we would think it? Would a jury... um, would a jury say, yeah, that, that fellow's a Christian. Look at his good works. Look at what he's doing. How could that be proven? Um, and we all know we're not out here to do good works. I don't think we necessarily have to uh, cover that for this group. That We're not out there doing good works to be seen by men, but what the Bible is telling us is those things are seen. Those things cannot be hidden. Our good works, people are going to know about them if we're doing them. We're not doing them to be seen, but they will be seen. Um. And just some, just some more questions to think about. Uh, and we've we've touched on all these already. But uh, what are we spending our free money on when we got a little jingle in our pocket? What are we thinking about? Uh, what do we talk to our friends about? Uh, are we talking about uh, good things? Are we talking about uh, hunting or the game or what? What are we discussing? Uh, and what do we spend our free time doing? Because we all have. I say we all, most of us at least, are going to have some time um, that we would see as free time. And what are we doing with that time? Are we spending it on ourselves? Um, and I'll kind of tell you something that's been just rolling in my mind constantly is, um, and I think, here again, I might be unique in this, but I don't think. Um, I, everyone in here knows I like to hunt. I would say I'll spend a fair amount of my time doing that. (laughs) And a fair amount of my money doing that. Um, And so one of the things that's been running through my mind constantly since, you know, like I was telling you all, reading that book, because it's challenged me a lot. But um, all that time and money and effort and energy and thinking about it and researching it and all that, what, what, what good is that? In the grand scheme of things. Really, what good have I done there? None. And who is all of that for? That's for me. That's for nobody else. That is for me. And so, um, you know, <laughs> I, I at least wouldn't think of myself as a selfish person, but that right there tells me that I am. That I, I, have, I spend all of that just on me. And that is to benefit nobody. And the Bible <laughs> the Bible does not agree with that. The Bible does not tell us that's okay. The Bible tells me, Andrew, that I should be busy about good works. I should be zealous for them, like we read about in the beginning. That, And the reason is because is God has redeemed us and He expects us to be busy about His work. And what that means is taking care of other people, not taking care of myself. Not taking care of, of my joys and what I want to do is about taking care of other people and being there uh, and being selfless, not being selfish. Let's, we're going to wrap this, this up. I want to go to Hebrews for a minute. Hebrews chapter 10, a passage that's, uh, very, or that, that we say in here uh, from time to time. Hebrews 10 and verse 24, And let us consider one another in order to stir up love and good works, not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together as the manner of some, but exhorting one another and so much more as you see the day approaching. Us us participating or being involved in good works, I think is a matter uh, of eternal consequences. I don't think that uh, I'm going to get to judgment day uh, and the Lord's going to, Look favorably upon me if I have if I continue down this road of just looking out for myself with my free time and my money, you know. And like I was talking about, I, I traditionally do that with with hunting or fishing or whatever it may be. Um, I don't think the guy's gonna say, you know what, I'm, you know, that was great, you killed that big buck, you know. Um, what I do think is if I surround myself and consume myself with these things that are good works that are caring for other people and not caring for myself, that's going to be what God's going to look upon and say, good job. You, you did what you were supposed to do. You were supposed to be busy about my work, and you were. Um, and what's the Hebrew writer tell us here? Uh, he's telling us that this is something that we have to encourage one another to do. Uh, we're supposed to stir one another up in love and good work. So we're supposed to help one another in, in this area uh, and challenge one another to be participating in these things. And, you know, I, I think uh, if I think about something that we could uh, be doing here together is we, we probably ought to uh, be thinking about how to encourage one another and, and to do things individually and to do things together that are of benefit to those in our community that just need help. They need a Christian to be involved in their community and in helping them um, with the things of this life and the things that God would look upon and say, yes, those are good works. Those are things you should be involved in. The Hebrew writer here, I think, is telling us, encourage one another to do those things. Don't just come here together uh, and um, and encourage one another Uh, just to keep pressing on in their own life, but encourage one another to branch out a little bit, get out of our comfort zone a little bit. Because for me, a lot of that's comfort. You know, It's being involved in other people's lives that are just dirty from time to time. Uh, And I need to be willing to do that. I need to be willing to help those people. And I need the encouragement from you, and I think you need encouragement from me, uh, for us to all be busy about doing these things. And I I promise you... um, There are things that we can do. Uh, If we just look around a little bit, there are things that we can be involved in right here in our community and there's things that we can do uh, on a bigger scale uh, than maybe what we think. Let's wrap up in the book of James. We're going to read two verses in the book of James. first one in chapter 1 and verse 27. Let's start in verse 26. James 1.26 If anyone among you thinks he is religious and does not bridle his tongue but deceives his own heart, this one religion's in, religion is useless. Pure and undefiled religion before God and the Father is this, to visit orphans and widows in their trouble and to keep oneself unspotted from the world. Chapter 2 and then verse 18. But someone will say, You have, work, you have faith and I have works. Show me your faith without your works and I will show you My faith by my works. Um, You know, I think James is telling us that here again that um, our works are important and our works prove our faith. And think back to the question we asked earlier about could you be proven in a court of law to be a Christian by your good works? Um, And I kind of, I'd be scared to do that right now, to be honest with you. Um, And that's not the way it should be. I should uh, my good works should be they would be clearly evident. Uh, but what I, the message I want to leave us with is let's just get busy. Let's just all be busy about caring for other people. Think less about ourselves and more about those that we come in contact with. And let's let's think about uh, things that we can uh, do together uh, to care for those that are in need. And let's think about ways that we can just participate individually uh, in our community right here and doing God's work and the things He has for all of us to do and let's be zealous in it. Uh, So that's what I'm going to leave you with today. Just uh, think on these things and if you see yourself falling short in that area as I do, um, encourage me (laughs) uh, to do more and uh, let's encourage one another in that way. Um, If there's any way that We can help you today. Please come forward as we stand and sing.